0: The Start. On On Demand. Hi there, it's Brett. It's the Friday edition of the podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And today, you're going to hear a lot about the Brett Kavanaugh nomination for the Supreme Court. All kinds of reaction to the testimony on Thursday. We're also going to learn more about what exactly is a healing lodge for prisoners. On Thursday, we talked about how a convicted child killer has been moved from a prison to an Aboriginal healing lodge. So we'll learn exactly what is that. We're also going to talk about addictions. Are you addicted to coffee? Global News did a story on if you are addicted to coffee and want to break that addiction. They can tell you how, but that got us talking about the things that we are addicted to on a day-to-day basis. And for a lot of us, it came down to what we like to snack on. We're also going to talk about cell phone addictions. BC Hydro did a study that looked at how addicted people are to their mobile devices to the point where a lot of people would rather take a day off from their significant other than take a day off from their cell phone. Is eight more than enough? When it comes to the mayoral debates, eight candidates in every single mayoral debate might be too much. So we'll talk about that and give you an example on why it might be too much. And the couch potatoes assemble to talk about what's new at the movies this weekend.
1: And I saw a container of hell of a dip. Uh-oh. Oh yeah. Put it all on the counter, got <laughs> my oh, my yeah. spoon out, my bowl out because I got a portion of this stuff. I know where this I is. I opened going. it up and there was fucking pierogies in there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: really? Yes. That's funny because I went home yesterday um thinking what am I gonna have for lunch and then I remembered there was some hell of a dip and hell of a dip in the fridge. And I was like, Well, I'll just have chips for lunch. Isn't that just what Everybody wants to hear. That's what the I, honestly, I needed those tips because I spent much of the day watching that uh, testimony in Washington and, wow. and, and that comfort food, or I don't know what it is. Because what what a day, yeah.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of. I saw a lot of angry posts on social media. So, what did you take away from yesterday, Greg?
1: Well, quite frankly, the most powerful thing for me are the women coming forward, sharing their stories and bringing that point of view that I think. For me as a man, you just don't realize how prevalent this has been for so many women, the things they've dealt with. And I think that conversation is the most powerful one, if any, good can come from this, Loren. I I, felt sadness that
2: she could sit there for all those years and have all that inside of her and to have to come out in the most public Forum like that with cameras and questions and and people doubting you and calling you names. What what I learned yesterday was both of them obviously have had their lives forever changed and mm. I understand that. But you know, in just speaking out, she has she spoke of um, people hacking into her emails accounts to try to change, you know, her story. Uh, people following her family, names that she was called. He he's he's got that too. I understand that, but she has had this weighted on her for decades. And the pain that she displayed yesterday and the courage, I, I don't think I'll ever forget.
0: And one of the the comments I saw on social media was the criticism that she has faced for waiting so long to come out right. with this. And saying, what if it was someone who came out against, like a man who came out 30 years after an abuse at the hands of a priest, for example. There would be no such criticism. they would be hailed okay, right. as... Uh, brave and heroic, whereas this woman, well, why did you wait so long?
1: Well, it's we spoke. Right. We spoke to Greg Gillooly, uh earlier this week, right? And how long it took for him to come forward and to share his story, his experience. Terry Crews is the one I keep going back to in Hollywood. Uh, someone who's got the the physical stature that he has, the beast, uh, th- yeah, and the the power that he holds in terms of his star right now. And he was horrified to come forward and to complain and to out someone that had done something malicious to him in a sexual nature and I think for a lot of us, for me anyway, I look at his example and I go, if that dude is scared to come forward, I can understand why so many women are, are horrified. And the price that, that Dr. Ford has paid, Loren, I don't know. people well, People suggesting she's lying and then she's this political pawn, what on earth does she have to gain? But by subjecting herself to this, I just don't see any upside for her. She
2: sent a letter to her, I believe it was her congresswoman, or to to someone in Washington to tell them about this claim of assault. She didn't do it to put it out there in the public world just to say, you should know this about this man. I don't believe him to be a good person because of what happened to me. And from that letter has become the most um, scrutinized investigation that in modern history for sure, at least since Anita Hill, which is what people are making comparisons to yesterday. I feel, I feel that I have felt tremendous sadness that it's been so indoctrined in women that when something bad happens to you, it's either your fault or you have to just put up and shut up and not talk about it. And I'm sad that that's still probably the case today for many men or women victims, but, but particularly particularly wanting to speak about women today.
0: It's Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. And corrections officials are standing by a decision, Loren, that saw a convicted child killer move from a prison to an Aboriginal healing lodge.
2: Yeah, it's a story we've been talking about all week, really, in the idea of what is an Aboriginal healing lodge and what does that mean. We, Of course, this is the fallout from the news earlier this week that a child killer, convicted child killer Terry Lynn McClintock was serving life in prison for the 2008 murder of eight-year-old Tori Stafford. And then we learned she's no longer in that prison and has been moved to this healing lodge. Corrections officials are standing by that decision while a review is underway. And so we thought we'd ask the question, what is a healing lodge for prisoners? Here's Global's Abigail Beeman.
3: This video was made a year after the Okima Ochi Healing Lodge opened, showing even in 1996, it took women who committed serious crimes. Seeing where my future lies uh, before me and certain things that are bothering me uh, my sexual abuse when I was uh, raped by three men and the men that I killed is bothering me. But things are different now. Public safety tells us there's no more child care center, no more cats. The Elizabeth Fry Society says today it's still very much a prison.
4: They are also subject to
2: strip searching whenever they exit the lodge or enter the lodge for work placements or escorted temporary absences. Um, They also can practice
4: segregation.
3: But there are children at these lodges with their mothers. The Correctional Service of Canada won't say how many. No child is allowed to live with another inmate who has a conviction relating to children. In terms of access to children, that is always monitored. Non-Indigenous offenders do come to these healing lodges, but they have to be committed to Indigenous programming and spirituality. There is programming of all kinds, from education, to crafts, to life skills, like cooking classes. And inmates need to prove good behavior to get in. So how did Tory Stafford's killer, Terry Lynn McClintock, get there? Cassandra Churcher met with McClintock before her transfer and says there have been no incidents in the nine months since she moved to Saskatchewan.
2: Everything that's being provided is within the framework of the prison system. With no fences there,
0: she can walk off, right? I mean, that's up to her.
3: Not quite, says Senator Kim Pate, pointing to the remote nature of the lodge. 35 kilometers down a dirt road. There certainly is a barrier and access, and all of it is uh, under camera surveillance. So, um, you know, every time I arrive, I have to buzz in. As for McClintock's background, it appears she self-identifies as aboriginal, which is allowed. A family member of hers tells Global News it's all made up and there should be a DNA test. And either way, she's still a murderer and shouldn't be trusted. Abigail Beeman, Global News. Ottawa.
1: Boy, sounds like there's still more to unpack from that story. The lodges were developed in the 1990s after numbers showed a disproportionate number of prisoners are Indigenous and -hmm. concerns that mainstream prison programs don't always work for First Nations offenders. Correction says the lodges take a spiritual and holistic approach based on Indigenous values. There are currently 10 of them in Canada, including one here in Manitoba. And where is that, Lorraine? Sorry, I got to turn you
0: that's my phone right. on. That's
2: all right. It's Crane River. It's about, uh, it looks like it to be northeast of Dauphin.
0: In about two hours' time, a vote will take place in Washington to decide whether or not to move Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court on to the Senate.
2: It follows an unprecedented day of two conflicting testimonies. Kavanaugh telling the United States Senate Judiciary Committee that he is innocent and that the allegations are nothing more than a calculated and orchestrated political hit. Christine Blasey Ford saying with 100% certainty that when she was 15, a drunken Kavanaugh forced her onto a bed, groped her and tried to remove her clothes. When she yelled for help, Ford said Kavanaugh put a hand over her mouth to stifle her screams. It was hard to watch and hard to hear, but no matter what you believe or who you believe, at the end of the day, a slight glimmer of hope that this leads to something more. Here's Global
4: National anchor Donna Friesen.
5: This has destroyed my family
4: and my good name. He was angry, at times tearful. She was terrified.
3: My family and I have been the target of constant harassment and death threats and I've been called the most vile and hateful names imaginable.
4: It was a searing public display we rarely witness, the details so deeply personal. They
3: have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult.
4: The reputations on the line. Dr. Ford's allegation is
5: radically inconsistent with my record and my character.
4: And the political battle lines drawn. But politics aside, and whether you believe him or her, there was a message at this hearing for anyone who has been sexually assaulted, and we know there are many.
0: Now, Dr. Ford, no matter what happens with this hearing today, no matter what happens with this nomination, I know and I hear from so many in my own state of Vermont, there are millions of victims and survivors out there who have been inspired by your courage. I am.
4: Even the prosecutor hired by the Republicans to question Ford started off with this. I just wanted to tell you the the first thing that struck me from your statement this morning was that you were terrified, and I just wanted to let you know I'm very sorry. Um, That's not right. It feels like this moment, as painful for America as it is, may have pushed the door open a little further, helped victims of sexual assault find courage and find their voice. And so I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your courage, and I want to tell you I believe you. I believe you. And I believe many Americans across this country believe you.
0: I have found your testimony powerful and credible.
5: And I believe you. You're a teacher, correct? Correct. Well, you have given America an amazing teaching moment. As much as this hearing is about a Supreme Court justice, the reality is, is by you coming forward, your courage, you are affecting the culture of our country.
4: A culture in which women are listened to and not scared into silence, waiting years to come forward. Though in this moment, for this man and this woman, it's hard to see a happy ending.
2: So that feeling and that struggle to see through it all lingered for many last night, I know. For me, there was anger and disappointment and of course some sadness. I'm not ashamed to admit that I was extremely emotional yesterday, and I still am. But I woke up this morning and I was thinking of Ford, not as a victim... I could see her face while she answered those questions from the senators. How, when you just heard them say, thank you for your courage, she struggled to contain her tears, but never once faltered. So I hope she is waking up this morning, not only feeling relief that it's over, but that something new has begun. That by sharing, she's not only empowering others to come forward, but reminding everyone else that we must listen and learn from this.
1: Last night, I had a conversation with my boys, because this was on in the background all afternoon and into the evening for them. Part of my job is to keep on top of this. But as a human being, I wanted to know what was being said last night. And I asked them if they'd ever heard the terminology sexual assault. And they, they said yes. And I said, what about no means no? Do you know what that Yes, Dad, we've talked about that at school. And I always tell my kids that my number one job is to is to make sure that they're a good person, but one day they'll make a good father and a good husband. And so that conversation got pretty deep last night. And I don't know, I know my dad didn't have that conversation with me. I know my mom didn't have it with me. And I think that if anything comes out of this, I hope that more discussions like that will start happening amongst the generations, because I think there's a general generational divide about what was acceptable once upon a time and what's acceptable now, Loren. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for an out on this, but I, I think that's accurate.
2: Well, I think when I talk about listening and learning, you know, I got a text from one of my brothers last night and it said, I'm really sorry because he had watched the entire day of testimony. And he was sorry for women and he was sorry for how people struggle to speak their truth and how people struggle to come forward. And I said, don't be sorry. Let's just let's just move forward today and stop apologizing and start recognizing what is bad behavior, what what is criminal behavior, what is acceptable, what isn't. And it's not just a conversation. You make a great point, Greg, about the, talking to me or to to, the, to daughters or to our sisters but to our sons and how are we going to teach them going forward and continue to about about how we all need to be far more respectful kinder and and quit the judging
0: Text message at 204-780-6868 That was the most disheartening display yesterday Republicans care not one iota about women in any way shape or form the arrogance oozing from kavanaugh made me sick to my stomach how anyone could think this man will make a positive addition to the supreme court is beyond me
1: i had at least one conversation yesterday that yesterday in my mind wasn't about whether brett kavanaugh even did this to dr ford it was whether this man is of character if his character and who he is is who he's been portraying himself to be.
2: What's well, a job interview? That I mean, at the end of the day, that wasn't testimony. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a criminal court trial testimony. That was about deciding whether you believe or not believe her. What do, what does that speak about him? Whether that's true or not, and then even just how he reacted to things. Which that was that an example of the, who he will be going forward?
1: The anger that he came out with, right, and that he displayed, and. Uh, the aggression and it opens up the conversation as well. Uh, women have been the whole idea of women in leadership is all oh, women are too emotional and 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 off kilter and, and they, these are not my words; these are words that are that are uttered quite frequently. Too emotional to be in positions of power. Well, there was only one individual, uh, well, two in- individuals that got overly emotional yesterday. Lindsey Graham was one, and Judge Kavanaugh was the other because Doctor Ford. Kept her emotions very much in check. And if anybody was going to lose it yesterday, it would have been her entitled to do so in my mind.
2: Another text coming in from our listeners saying there was no new evidence. Her testimony was wildly inconsistent. And regardless of emotions, we can't live in a society where you are guilty until proven innocent. It goes on to say you need to talk about the ramifications of a society that follows that principle. And I might argue that she was also found guilty of lying by many before she had was given a chance to speak. Yesterday wasn't about deciding, I mean in many ways it was for all of us, it wasn't supposed to be about deciding who is guilty or not guilty. I think it really at the end of the day is about deciding is what the character of a man and how he responded to that and is that someone you want on your Supreme Court of Justice. <laughs>
0: McGary McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. There's a headline at globalnews.ca. Want to give up coffee? Here's how to break your habit. For anyone who has a daily coffee routine, the idea of giving it up can sound impossible. And it goes on to talk about the addictiveness of caffeine. And if you're looking to shed your habit of that, it gives you some tips on how to do that. But that actually led me to, to wonder what other stuff can we not live without? Like Greg and I, I don't. We don't drink coffee. Do you have the steep tea every day? Yes, every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there caffeine in that?
2: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it the same amount of caffeine in tea as coffee? I Some thought it was suggest pretty...
6: It's more actually.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah.
6: Oh. Yeah. But. yeah. So, okay. so is there even more caffeine if it's steeped?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to look like, into the science. I don't <laughs> know. I just like the way it tastes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it got me thinking about what. What can I? What do I have a hard time? Letting go of, and I wanted to ask Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun, Jeff Forte. Uh, Braun, I know you like the coffee. You yeah, I don't.
5: I don't understand why anyone would want to quit it. Yeah, is there like medical reason for it or something?
0: Well, maybe it keeps you up at night, or uh, well, I
5: don't know. Yeah, I guess. Could yeah. you? But could you live without it? Well, I only drink it in the morning, so I never. It's never once occurred to me to not drink it. I think oh, okay. it's
2: four cups of coffee that they suggest might be too bad.
5: Yeah, because it says
0: here or that much. if you consume more than Four cups, it's, it could be time to cut back because it can cause symptoms like jitters, increased anxiety, gastrointestinal discomfort, changes in your heart rate. I so, got all that stuff
5: know. anyways, with or without the coffee.
2: <laughs> how, do you, good. how do you know? Have you ever
5: tried? I'm just constantly anxi- <laughs> anxious. Anxious, yeah. <laughs> Morning, noon, and night.
6: What about you, Moore? Hello, my name is Kelly Moore. <laughs> I am a chipaholic. Chipaholic. <laughs> there it is. But I have been munching crunch-free for three and a half weeks. Wow. wow. How did you did do jump it? Up? How are you doing it, man? In the grocery store, I walk by the counter and I go, hello, old friends. <laughs> You go and look at them? Because I don't
5: even walk down that aisle anymore.
6: I Well, I have to go buy them. It's it's hard, but I just, you know, I speed up the, the grocery cart when we go buy. <laughs> B-Y, not B Y. like to go buy them, pass them. But, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you
2: know, when you try to substitute, like, I would say it's not coffee, it's chips for me, too, which is yeah. a huge. like. And when you try to substitute that with... Baked lays or crackers or you're just uh, you're just fooling yourself. Like there's just nothing as satisfying.
6: My wife used to say, just put a few in a bowl no. and I'd bring the whole big bag.
2: Your wife's crazy. You can't yeah. do that. You yeah. have to eat the whole bag. Not,
6: haven't, haven't, uh, haven't
1: done it though. So. You, you know what will make you feel better? What's Smaller that? bag. You know how most of it's air? Just take a pair of scissors, cut the two-thirds of the bag off the top, and then it's just a small bag it chips. <laughs> I like way way of chips. It's not the giant one. You don't get the grease all over your hands. A way to go.
6: You're not going to get me to go back. (laughs) You're not going back? Not for the time being.
0: Jeff Fortier, Master Control, what about you?
6: Fast food. Mm.
0: Really? Is this a daily thing for you?
6: I wouldn't say daily, but uh, it happens a lot during the week. (laughs) Yeah? I mean a lot. (laughs) But I think it's more that I'm lazy. Yeah? So... Cooking
2: is not really my thing, so fast food just—it's convenience.
0: Well, there is there—you do end up developing an addiction to that, right? Like the fast, all the 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 bad stuff all and the, the fast stuff. food, the food into it, yeah, yeah, and the sugar that they pump into that stuff. It, your brain ends up sort of relying on it. Today. Wow. So yeah, I
6: could see that. Well, that's that's my problem right there. Do you
0: have a go-to spot?
5: Oh, pff, wherever McDonald's, A and W, bring
0: whatever, it on, whatever you see. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on the chips too, Kelly. Uh, when we had access to, like, there were always a bag of chips laying around here in a newsroom, and I and they always ended up beside me, They because we had this open desk that was beside mine, so I didn't even have to stand up to get to them, I just had to reach over, and uh, without fail, every day I'd say, no more chips, I'm not going to eat
5: chips, and then the chips would come out and I'd yeah. eat half the bag. Same here. But, you know, Except that I knew Brett. is like, oh, Brett's going to come and eat these chips. So if I can hold out f- for 10 more minutes until Brett gets to work. If you were a good friend, you would yeah. have eaten the chips so he couldn't. I will admit that every now and then I would take the chips and hide them in the drawer beside my desk so no one else could eat them. And then I'd eat them <laughs> when they, you guys started your show. That's good. That's yeah. smart. There, yeah. a
2: there was that study that came out a few years ago. And I remember reading it and going, oh, it's not my fault. It's the chips' fault because Doritos, there was some sort of scientist that went and looked at the cheese. Like the, oh, yeah. yeah. And basically how it's engineered to make you want more. And so it has these lingering flavors and then your mind it stimulates memories and then you cannot get enough. And so then I was like, okay, well, I mean it's not on me. It's It's science's fault. It's science's fault. They've done this to
1: me. Tim just texted us. That's it. Sending a Costco bag of Doritos to the morning show.
2: Tim, I thought you were on our side. We're oh, trying to quit to this enable. stuff, man. If you could uh, pick up salt and vinegar, too, uh, that would be great, Tim. And Tim. <laughs> buns
5: and cookies and coffee. Yeah, and if you're going to Costco, I like the Costco Cheetos bags, the puffs. Oh, do you like the munchies, the the mixed bag yep. with nah, the
1: uh, uh, sun chips and the Cheetos and the pretzels absolutely. And, the, and the... I'd rather go for the, just sun the bag chips and of the
0: puffs, yeah. I'm mm. not, the, not
1: a fan of the munchies, all that How much. about that Chicago mix, that... Popcorn, we call no. it crack corn in my house because no. oh man, it's so good. I like the caramel way See, better. That's it. I have the the to cheese. go phone my supporter. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I forgot
2: Kelly has done this so great on Weight Watchers and everything, and then we yeah. brought in this segment. Oh, uh, no,
6: and- I'm just oh man, it's going to be hard. At least, at least, well, maybe I will go. Take a look at Jeff Braun's drawer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but, I saw that. Rub the medallion, Kelly. Desk, Kelly.
6: <laughs> Just rub the medallion. Yeah, <laughs> three and a half week medallion. Is there such a thing? We'll make you one. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make up something. Yeah. Well,
0: no, and I applaud you, Kelly. It is hard to because I is, tried. Uh, I tr- and I the only time that I can remove myself is if the access to the chips are cut off because I yeah. I don't ever buy potato chips because I know if I bring them home I will eat the whole bag. Yeah. As soon as I get home and I'll eat them in like 5 minutes. I'm just kind of like a like a Dyson vacuum just inhaling the chips until they're gone and then I'm in pain and then I feel bad about myself and uh
6: it's just really a
0: vicious cycle. So I just
6: don't bring the chips home. Yeah, it's always that it really is a fine line between habit and addiction. You know, if you if you can get away from it and it doesn't cause you any kind of problems when it doesn't, then I would say it was more of a habit for me than anything else. Well, but. When
1: I think about habits and addiction, I always think about my mom, bless her soul, the phone would ring and she'd run around <laughs> getting everything. I needed my cigarettes, my ashtray, <laughs> and my tea. <laughs> and she'd be yelling at the phone, don't hang up. <laughs> it's like they can hear her. <laughs>
0: We want to tie in a a uh, different conversations that you could link to our previous chat about addictions, stuff that we have to have every day. And Greg, w- all three of us are always playing with our cell phones.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. If we went back in time and I could not have a cell phone or uh, it's not even a phone, right? I, I, I refuse to use it as a phone. I hate, making phone calls. Same here. Well, um, a growing
2: number of people don't even use the phone, period. Right? So, so Right.
1: So pocket computer, uh, I th- I think it would have to come with some sort of restriction on it in terms of when and where I can use it. And I was very excited last night when I uploaded the new iOS update, and it actually now tracks your screen time. And it tracks what sites you're on, types of sites, And how long you're spending on your phone. And for me, sometimes I need that subtle reminder. And I think for a lot of us, these little machines are ruling our lives. It tracks what sites you're visiting? Not like not specific sites, but it'll show you. I'm uh, just clicking into it now. It's a little button. So it, it tells me how long I've been on social networking, productivity, meaning email and, and corresponding, and then on entertainment. And where are we? at 7.08 this morning. I've already been on this thing for an hour and five minutes today. Right. So
2: yeah. And that, yeah. that's the problem. So there was a survey done in BC by their hydro, uh, BC Hydro, rather, and they asked people, you know, how they feel about their phones, and there was one quarter who agreed they would skip contact with their partner for a day then give up their smartphone for a day and that number rises to one-third for those who are age 55 to 64 so the old the, the older generation i'm again putting that in quotes using it more or loving be, be, it more be
1: careful or, or are You're they talking more, older uh, nobody
2: can see my air quotes out there in their cars i'm air quoting older generation and then the and then there was 20 percent who sleep with their phone and 50 percent check it the moment they wake up could it
0: be the 55 to 64 are simply more likely to uh, skip contact with their partner because they're just, after many so many years, they're just tired? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I can do sad. without you for
2: a day. I'll That's a Go away day, for a week. I could reach left and touch my wife. I could reach right and grab my cell phone mm-hmm. off the cabinet next mm-hmm. to my bed. When I hear people have
1: been married 40 years, I always ask them, is that like in a row? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and so this whole question of personal interaction and how we get it is is certainly changing as well uh that whole idea of sleeping with your phone and when you wake like i do i sleep with my phone because i have my earbuds on and i and i'll have a series either of podcasts that i'll play in the night so i don't do you, know i'm was, hoping to learn stuff by osmosis. Right. And
2: I don't like I think there's part of the problem is that we feel that shame in admitting that, right? You don't want to be that person that says I'm on my phone 9 hours a day and and I'm talking to my kids all the time about screen time and we're allowed to have so much screen time and I'm probably looking at my screen 8 hours over a 24-hour period, not consistently, right, but like 20 times in, an, in each hour What's at What's the least? tool of the
1: trade? We have, uh, Brett and I, I have two screens in front of me right now. Brett has, we have five screens plus one, two, three, four computer uh, TV monitors, and we all have our own personal device. How many screens do we have in this room right now? 13, 14 screens amongst three people.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, one of the reasons why BC Hydro did this survey is they wanted to see... How much electricity they're using to power all these small devices. And they say that BC's obsession with devices, including smartphones, laptops, and tablets, has hiked electricity use for small electronics by 150% in less than 30 years. I was one of the last, I may have been the last holdout when it came to getting a cell phone amongst all my friends. I believe I was like 24 when I finally got a cell phone. I remember it was an Audiovox. Was a bar phone, not a flip. Everybody had the flip phone, but oh, I like yes. this uh, this bar phone. It was a T9 before I, I went to a Samsung flip phone. But once I got that cell phone, the addiction began, and I could text without you know, without looking at the phone. You know, you could do it uh, in, your, in your pocket. Like there's a scene in The Departed. Do you, have you seen that mm-hmm. movie? Of course. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon has to yes. quietly text Jack uh, Nicholson, and he does it in his pocket because right. I could do that.
2: And wasn't he with a flip phone even in that movie? Or no? I remember it not being an iPhone. Like even harder yeah, it was, it was my point. Phone. Like yeah. right. Like that's how good. Well, no,
0: well, it was easier with the T9 because you had the tactile buttons, and once you knew where all the buttons were, you could do it without looking. I can't text without looking on a smartphone. No, no way. And, well, and thank case. God because I used to do when I drove. Oh.
2: Oh, when I think about... <laughs> he's, he's like he's like your father right now. like No, Rich, I just feel... Gonna, no, no, no,
1: no, I just remember how bad I was at that. How often I'd be texting and driving. And driving back and forth for Minidosa. I was th- in Minidosa once a week for almost two years. And driving on the highway and texting. Oh, so stupid.
0: Yeah. So the smartphone in a way has made that situation better for many of us not all you can always tell when someone is on their phone if you're driving like say you're on route 90 the speed limit is 70 and the person in front of you is doing 70 75 and all of a sudden they're doing 60 it's because they're on their phone without they, question you but pull, you're go ahead Brad. i was just gonna say you pull up beside them you see they've they got their, their head down like well that's good that's that's Entirely safe. Oh, I
2: think that's. I think it's worse now. I mean, they're increasing the penalties. They're going to seize your license or suspend your license, rather, for a few days. Uh, once that gets approved uh, by Manitoba Legislature, and I and I don't know if that's going to make a difference because we want it so bad. It's that you watch people when they're around their phones. You could be watching. Coming, come over to my house. Let's watch the hockey game tonight. Come over to my house. Let's watch the Bombers game tomorrow. You can guarantee that you're going to have a whole group of people sitting in a room together. Maybe one, maybe one hand out of a drink, the other hand's going to be on their phone. You're not going to be looking at each other. You're not going to be talking. I mean, you might not even be watching the game that you came to watch in the first place and you're watching the game and you're being like, oh, so-and-so just said on Twitter this about about the game. Well, you're watching the game. Like, do you not have any thoughts? Put the phone away for a little bit. We've talked about that a lot in our house, how we have to figure out a way to to put that phone in the bedroom for a certain m- number of hours a day so it's not just you're always looking at it.
0: Well, let's wrap this up here by asking Loren. And then I'll ask you, Mackling, would you rather put your phone away for a day or put your hubby away for a day?
2: No, hubby stays around. I, I don't. I, this new shift, I don't see him as much anymore either, but I, I'm not going to pretend like I don't love my phone. I mean, and when you go away, the first thing you think is, oh my gosh, I forgot my cell phone charger. How am I going to make it through this next 24-hour period? But no. I I absolutely could be fine for a day. Mackling? Jackie
1: and I hardly see each other anymore. In fact, I told McNabb this morning that we had to have a meeting at 3.30 this morning to decide on music lessons for one of the boys. Like, Jackie actually had to get up, and we had to look at two different calendars for volleyball and curling and to figure out when we were going to squeeze in Alexander's guitar lessons. (laughs) So... It doesn't matter, you could
2: have texted her that, couldn't you? Have? Actually, we do text sometimes
1: she'll be downstairs and and I'm upstairs in bed and and we do text. That was the how it started. She goes, Did you get my text last night? Yeah, you were downstairs. <laughs>
0: Maclean McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB, and our very own Jeff Courier moderated last night's mayoral debate, and here's one of the questions. How do you plan to grow Winnipeg's manufacturing facilities? So the question is, is eight candidates for every mayoral debate too much? And I'm going to give an example here of why the answer maybe is yes. This is Ed Ackerman. Testing one, two,
3: testing
1: this thing on. All right. Um, There was a debate yesterday that...
3: um, Some of you may have been at, I'm not sure, it was about design, and there were seven people out of eight. Um, I consider myself a designer, I'm a filmmaker,
1: and I answered questions uh, on paper, and I presented them on the radio. I held them up close to the microphone. Is this thing on? (laughs) Um, And the first one I've got right here, um, Don Woodstock uh, was ending his speech (laughs) last night.
3: And uh, I would like to make Winnipeg, um, Winnipeg, the city of human rights. Um, I know this is a uh, business.
5: Yeah, can we can we keep this on the rails?
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Curry, just so bluntly, but this is an example. Watching what Ed Ackerman was doing last night. He, he even said when he got up to, to the mic and introduced himself, I'm in this campaign for two things, comedy and danger. Well, if you're not in it to be serious, then what right. are you doing wasting our time?
2: And I've talked to Ed Ackerman before. He's, he's a bit of an eccentric or... an more than a bit but, but and he might have some good ideas and there's other people you know we have, we talked Jenny Mokalik had ideas on manufacturing and Umar about what he might do for the city and then you have all these voices coming in and you you take away from what should be discussed and then you, you don't get to go after the incumbent which is the mayor because there's all these other outside voices.
1: Ah, is that part of Mayor Bowman's strategy and not being a part of these forums and debates that don't include all candidates?
0: Jeff Braun is here. Couch potatoes assemble to talk about what's new at the movies this weekend. And, uh, Jeff, uh, you had it in one of your newscasts. What's the the predicted
5: champion for the weekend? Well, the printer's broken and my papers wouldn't print out, but I think it's called (laughs) night school. Here's a clip.
3: You're the best salesman I've ever seen. I can see you being a stockbroker like me. Can't you give me a job? I wish I could. My boss won't let me hire a dropout. Look at Mark Zuckerberg. He dropped out of Harvard.
6: You dropped out of Piedmont High.
5: Yeah, it's Kevin Hart, so he's going back to school. But he's a grown-up, so he has to go to night school.
3: I was a couple credits shy of graduating. I got to get my GED. I'm the principal of this school. I can do whatever I want. You're in my house. Are you using a black voice? No, I don't hear color. All right, let's do some
2: introductions. My name is Carrie. I'm here to make a little extra cash so that I can afford this warrant that
3: I got. But that's none of y'all business. Welcome to night school.
5: That's Tiffany Haddish as the teacher. The movie also stars Rob Riggle, Ben Schwartz, Marilyn Lynn Raskub, and Taryn Killam. It's getting terrible reviews, though. 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. Most reviewers saying the movie just squanders the talents of Hart and Haddish.
0: Which is a shame, because Hart is a funny guy, although I think yep. he's a little too everywhere these days. You, you so? Know, he's on that TV, uh, Total Knockout Action or whatever yeah. it's called, that game show. Every quarter, there seems to be a new Kevin Hart movie. He's got to cash in while he can. I did see him live, though, at Bell MTS Place are really good this year. That was pretty funny. He's not like a joke telling comedian. He's just so animated. He just screams everything, doesn't
5: he? Yeah. I can't take a that. Lot. I can't handle it. Uh, it, it, it surpri-
0: it's surprisingly fun. Uh, and Haddish is uh, just hilarious. She yeah. was gold on Saturday Night Live. On uh, Also, this weekend, there's a cartoon from Warner Brothers. It's called Smallfoot.
5: The world is a mysterious place.
0: There are marvels of nature just waiting to be discovered by those who are daring enough to look marvels like the creature i had only heard existed in legend so channing tatum or as you like to call him jeff tatum channing that's right he's the main voice (laughs) in this movie so the trailer for smallfoot the teaser trailer began with a guy climbing this tall mountain that reaches way up into the sky beyond the clouds he gets to the top plants his flag into the foot of a yeti, a.k.a. an abominable snowman.
5: A mythical monster, straight out of your worst nightmares, with wild eyes, and a hideous face, and feet that were amazingly, freakishly small!
0: (laughs) So the twist on this, Ron, is that Channing Tatum is the yeti! Yay! He's, and the mythical creature he's talking about, the smallfoot, is us. Human beings! This looks fun. Got a great supporting cast. LeBron James, Gina Rodriguez, James Corden, uh, Zendaya, Common, and even Danny DeVito, one of your guys from what TV show? Uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And this one's getting pretty good reviews. So this, I think, might be your best bet. Uh, there's a modern version of
5: Little Women. Ugh. Not to be confused with the Little Women movie from uh, which years, Jeff? There was one in 1918, 1933, 1949, a miniseries in 1978, <laughs> TV show in 1987, another movie in 94. <laughs> oh, I like all of them. And there's another movie set to come out next year, 20, 2019 Christmas Day from uh, Lady Bird director Greta Gerwig. Okay, so, so there's that. A lot of that. There's a slasher film
0: Ooh. called Hellfest.
4: Nat? Oh my God, you're here? What?
6: I'm ready. You guys ready? You ready for Hellfest?
4: What is a Hellfest? Dude, it's so dope. It's a traveling
3: horror night, has horror mazes in it. And you'll yeah, we'll totally lose it in there. Are you ready
6: to enter?
0: So, Jeff, this one's about a group of college kids who are going to a traveling carnival. Are a they sc- sexy? Sc- probably, <laughs> yeah. No name, sexy youth. It's a scary traveling carnival. Would you go to a oh, scary traveling no, carnival? not at all. It's called Hellfest.
2: Hellfest, guys, let's
5: do According to legend, a girl was killed here last year for real.
4: Some girl got totally
1: gutted. Killer left her body in the park for three days.
3: They thought she was a freaking prop. Snap, <laughs> they're
0: So turns out it's not an urban legend this time out because hiding out amongst all the masked actors who are there to scare people, there is a masked lunatic with a knife and he's picking them off one by one. The reviews as of three hours ago had not yet been posted. That's always a bad sign. Yeah, that's
5: never a good sign.
0: But uh, they're starting to come in now and the early score is 29%. So, I mean, it's going to be a dumb slasher movie, whatever. I think it looks like fun. And uh, people who are not into this sort of thing are not going to go. It doesn't no. matter what the reviews are. Absolutely. This will make probably a little bit of money this weekend, and then it'll go away and die. Like and, a lot of
5: the Oscar movies, they get great reviews, but people still won't go to them just because they just don't look like they're interesting. For sure. Yeah. One more movie. It's called The Wife. My wife. Oh, so, you just make Christian O'Mell's day. My
0: wife. A <laughs> uh, wife questions her life choices as she travels to Stockholm with her husband, where he is slated to receive the Nobel Prize for Literature. Great cast in this Glenn Close, Jonathan Price, and uh, Christian Slater. That one's playing uh, only at Landmark Cinema's Grand Park. Hmm. Uh, an excuse to go sit on the recliners if nothing else that
5: one, that one sounds like it might have a nap
0: on the recliners yeah well, I bet you it's it's good with that cast probably is it's probably the, the best uh, bet for serious film goers for the weekend you sure you don't want to go see Hellfest Jeff uh,
5: I, no I'm pretty sure yeah what you want to go
2: see Little Women with me next year
5: uh, maybe I did like Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird yeah still I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> and
0: what, Joey Tribbiani from Friends, he did he read the book Little Women?
5: Yes. And he thought that you they were very, what? You, were very, you thought maybe they were scary little. How, just how little are these women?
2: And didn't he also think Joe <laughs> was a man, and then got to the end of the book and yeah. was like, "What? Joe's yeah, a exactly. woman? Yeah."
0: Thank you very much, Jeff Braun. The podcast for the Couch Potatoes is up now on Google Play Music and on iTunes. And we air on 680 CJOB, Saturdays at noon, Sundays at 6 o'clock. And uh, uh, we recently got picked up in Vancouver, so the Couch Potatoes broadcast in seven markets now. Congratulations, man. Yeah, Edmonton, Calgary, Hamilton, London, Kamloops. Vancouver, and of course, here oh, in you have to
1: close your eyes because the list is so long. You have to count. To, you get? That's good, Brett. Well, it's not. I wasn't trying to. It's not
0: that long. I just I forget things.
1: No, no. <laughs> I just you know, you're too modest. It's a uh, it's it's a big uh, feather in your cap. You and Jeff have been doing this show. Is it ten years now? 2006. Yeah. Oh 12. my gosh. Yeah. Twelve. So wow. and it just keeps getting better. So if uh, you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast. I highly recommend it. And uh, all my uh, little friends, all my 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 fr- my kids' friends, yep. love the couch potatoes. Oh, they yeah. think you guys should do a segment on video games. From time to time.
0: You know what? That was actually part of the original idea that we would do movies and TV and video games and the latest in home theater technology, but I don't have time for video games because I watch too much television. (laughs) So I kind of, which is a good thing because I get addicted hard to video games.
1: I might have someone who might come and do a feature for you. He's 12. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think Brett should do something on Fortnite. I think you'd get oh. a lot of listeners if you, he did something on would. Fortnite.
2: Not just the kids, but the adults are trying to figure out what the heck is this game all about and why are my kids obsessed with it?
0: We should get him in here on yeah. this show to talk about Fortnite. Well, maybe we'll do that. And uh, we've got Philly down the hall at uh, Power Mornings with Philly Joe and Kirby. He's a Fortnite addict, so maybe he could come in and the 12-year-old uh, could teach him how to play it properly.
1: Well, like I said, I've been searching the internet trying to figure out how to hit home runs and RBI baseball on EA Sports.